0: Okay, are you ready to study the scriptures? Yes or no? Me too. Uh, Reggie already alluded to it, but hey, hey, everybody! It's almost Valentine's Day. I think it's Thursday. Thursday is is Valentine's Day coming up, and um, I don't know how you feel about Valentine's Day. Um, How many of you are looking forward to celebrating Valentine's Day? You are lying, man. You are you're not supposed to lie in church or anywhere else. Actually, so. Yeah, it's not necessarily a big holiday for a lot of people. A lot of people just think, "Well, I just I love my wife all the time," and so that's right. Um, Which that's what I subscribe to, don't I, babe? (laughs) Thanks, babe. Um, (laughs) But it is—it's on the way. Um, I was at Tag on Wednesday night, and uh, they were highlighting what it really is, which is Singles Awareness Day. (laughs) And so it's the—it's the day where you kind of look around and go, "Well, this is fun." It's your birthday too. Oh, that's awesome! Well, happy birthday. Enjoy it. So, so, <laughs> if you're new to church, what what are we doing here? I have no idea. So, uh, so anyway, it's coming along the way. And what happens at Valentine's Day is there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure for the fellas. I don't know, I don't know if you experience this, but, but I do. I feel like I've got to do the very best job I've ever done every year to give the absolute best gift I've ever given uh, each year, and it should just build on itself. I don't know if you ladies feel this, but the fellas definitely feel this. And so, fellas, sometimes we don't get it right, and so as your pastor, I just wanted to help you today and help you make some better decisions by maybe showing you some things not to do, like like maybe this, Maybe maybe for a gift you wouldn't do something like this, like just the big old teddy bear apparently doesn't go over too well. Like, it's just too much bear. And if you're doing it out in public somewhere and you're like, hey, babe, I brought you this, well, that's probably where it's going to end up. And so I just, I feel so bad for that poor gentleman. But don't do that. Maybe don't do something like this. Okay, this is a, an ad in the paper. If you had no idea what to get for Valentine's Day, imagine how overwhelming arranging her funeral would be. <laughs> so if you look at the highlighted portion, give her the perfect gift. Make pre-arrangements as a couple with the affordable funeral home. It actually goes around on to talk about cremation things like that. I just don't recommend that. Uh, it's just probably not the best idea. Maybe there are some circumstances, but it's probably not the best idea. Uh, maybe don't do this. Join us for Valentine's Day for our third annual candlelight dinner at McDonald's. Yeah. Fellas, don't do this. I know, you're like, hey man, I'm going to save a few bucks, it'll be great. No, you're going to pay for it in the end, I promise. And I I like to read all the way down, featuring musical selections by Ron. I don't know if that's just Ron or if that's Ron Nold McDonald, which then, in that case, I'm showing up. How about this? Save more liquors, discount liquors, Valentine's Day, blah, 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 drink. (laughs) This is more if you don't have that special someone, maybe, and you're just kind of alone. But uh, as a pastor, I cannot condone that way of thinking. Okay, uh, let's move on. Um, no, they're just, you know what? Just, the pets have no place in this. Leave them out of it. Keep moving. Sometimes, though, uh, gifts your love will love. There's some There's some ideas for you. In case you can't read those, those are slim, fast shakes. And so, I mean, go ahead and try it if you want to, but... I'll see you in my office that Monday and we'll we'll have a good conversation. Keep going. Sometimes your kids get involved too because it's for everybody. So mom and dad, you are lucky you are alive. Maybe I need to see that whole family in my office. Keep going. That's too scary. Keep going. Okay, you can't really see this, but you can actually have your own face melted into chocolate. You and your spouse and you can... Devour the face. I, it's yeah, move on. It's too scary. It's stuff of yeah. nightmares. Never mind. It's a bad idea. New item: the extra love sweatheart heart sweet shirt. No man, no woman, nobody wants this. Don't get it. I, some of the ladies are like, "I want it." <laughs> All right. I amend my statement. No man wants this. Okay. Keep going on. All right. Now I, I, don't, know, I don't know if about you, but I. I read this and all I saw was, I death you. And I just thought, I just thought that's probably not the one that you, that you want to get. Happy Valentine's Day, I death you. And then, that might be one more, I don't know, is there one more up here? Um, show some love this Valentine's Day file for divorce. It's probably not the thing that you, again, as a pastor, I cannot condone that course of action, but, but hey, it's only $33.99, so thanks, Office Depot. Uh, what? what are we doing? Uh, we're, here's, here's the thing. Uh, we are flawed human beings, and sometimes we don't get gifts right because gift giving is hard, honestly. Some of you are great at it, and I applaud you. I'm not that great. It's hard work for me sometimes. But here's the thing. You have a Father in heaven, God who loves you, and he never fails at giving incredible gifts. Every gift that he has is wonderful and beautiful, and I guarantee you, you're going to want it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, because we're in this series, and we're just calling it Better, and we're talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Most of us are looking for ways for the world to be better. We want for 2019 to be better than 2018, and most of the time, we're looking at things like, oh, my diet, i got to eat better. Time for keto. Uh, I got, is that how you say it? Keto? Probably not. Um, I got I to gotta get more exercise in my life. Um, I got to something about my career path. Uh, it may be new and different relationships. I don't know what it is, but what we've decided here at One Chapel is we believe that the way to have the very best 2019, and to make it better than last year, is to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. It is the best thing that we could do. Jesus himself said that his spirit is the promise of better. Here it is in John 16, 7. He says, but I tell you the truth, it is better. Everybody say better. It's better for you that I go away, for if I may not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. And if I go on, I'm going to send him unto you. So we've been camping out in this main verse here. Our key verse has been 2 Corinthians 13, 14, where it says, The amazing grace of the Master, Paul is praying, "the the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. That's Paul's prayer for the Church of Corinth, and that's our prayer for us, that we would do that. So if you remember, we've kind of cruised through it. Week one, we talked about how he's the helper, and he wants to be with you and counsel you and guide you through your life. Week two, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit and the fact that he's not a weirdo. He is a person, and that means that you can relate to him personally. Week three, we talked about choosing community and the presence of the Holy Spirit working here in the midst of our community. Week four, we talked about how he's the power to live righteously, the life that he's called you to live. And last week, we had David Campos talking to us about the fruit of the Spirit. Didn't he do a good job, everybody? Thank you, David. (laughs) Did such a good job. So today, we're going to keep moving, we're going to talk about the gifts that the Spirit wants to give to you. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes when you start talking about this subject, people get a little nervous. (laughs) It's one of the other areas where when you talk about the Holy Spirit, some people's palms start sweating, and they get a little uncomfortable, especially if you grew up around certain church traditions, you get nervous because we might use a word like (coughs) charismatic. Hey, oh, oh, Uh, I might use a word like charismatic, and that makes some people a little bit nervous. And I know some of you are already there. You're like, oh, here we go. I knew it was coming in this series. You've been trying to talk about how he's a friend, but I knew it. When are we hanging the chandeliers so people can start swinging? Right? If you grew up in a certain church tradition, swinging from the chandeliers was the thing that you would say about crazy people being in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, uh, when are they going to start jumping over the rows? We don't have pews here. You can't jump pews. You've got to jump rows. When is all the crazy stuff going to start happening? Because I know what comes next after all the crazy stuff. Next comes the snakes, snakes and stuff. I know, it's, I know it's coming. You know what, bring in the snakes, bring in the box of snakes. I'm just kidding, that's not happening here. <laughs> that's not what's going to happen here, and that's not what we're talking about, and that's not what this word is. Uh, I don't want you to be nervous about this. People often ask me uh, when I'm kind of out there, maybe get my haircut or something, they'll say, oh, so what do you do? And I'll say, well, actually, I have to decide if I'm going to lie or not. Just, I did real talk. I, just, I'm going to lie or not because because if you want to shut down a conversation in 2019, just say, "Oh, I'm a pastor," because they do. They, they respond like this: "Oh," <laughs> and they stop talking, or they'll say, or they'll just fake it. "Oh, cool," and look for the earliest opportunity to leave. Uh, and then after that, there's a follow-up question, and they'll say, "Oh, so what kind of church is it?" And a lot of times they're looking for this because they're just kind of wondering oh, so are you one of those churches? Are you? (laughs) Thanks, Dad. My dad could not have visited on a better Sunday, honestly. I, I, don't, I don't really use this word a lot. You don't hear me using this word a lot, charismatic. You don't hear me. And I don't use a lot of, I don't use that term really. I don't use a lot of these terms. And I personally don't use them a lot because uh, they don't necessarily mean for people what they originally meant. You say it today and it kind of means one thing to somebody and it means another thing to somebody else. And so you can't define accurately what the information they're trying to get and what I want to uh, communicate to them. And so I'll say, well, we're a non-denominational church or something like that. And I'll say, uh, you know, of course, you, you all know we've got a covering of several churches that sent us out and people that are overseers so that we're safe and make good decisions and all of that. But I might just say, oh, we just love and serve and follow Jesus. But I just want you, to, I want you to relax on this charismatic term with me. This word charis in the Greek, it just means, it means grace. Charis means grace. So charis is where we get charismatic. It means grace. When we say charisma, really, what we're saying is charisma means it means a, maybe a talent or a gift. So if you start talking about the charismatic, what are you really talking about? You're talking about grace gifts. Grace gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to get you give you. Now, that's not really as nearly as scary as some of you think that it is. He wants to give you grace gifts. It doesn't have anything else to do with all that other stuff that you've associated it with today, that there's not going to be any snakes and stuff. That's not going to happen, okay. <laughs> So biblically, what's the answer? Well, the answer for us, are you charismatic? Is yes. Biblically, we say, yeah, absolutely, because we do believe that God gives gifts to us, and he wants us to use them in this world. So God's got gifts for you, and if he's got them, I think you want them. You want those kind of gifts. So James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Gifts are wonderful things, aren't they? My daughter just had a birthday yesterday, 13, everybody. It's a wonderful, wonderful day. I love it. And so I stood there and watched as she opened up the gifts that we gave her. And they were wonderful things. Listen, she didn't have to do anything to get those gifts. It wasn't some kind of a reward for behavior that she had shown at home. It was just because we loved her. And those gifts meant we have an intimate relationship with you. That's what gifts are. They're just a sign of relationship, and God's got gifts. In fact, every person of the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has gifts for you, and I just want to share some of them with you today. God the Father, he's got gifts he wants to give you. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to rescue you from your sin and all of your foolishness and mayhem. He wants to give you eternal life in him, so he rescues us from our sin. He restores us to right relationship with him. You see it in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. God's gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does this mean? It means that there's a bill, there's a wage, there's a payment that's associated with our sin. And Jesus came to the earth and he gave, well, let's back up. God the Father sent his only son, part of himself, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God came to earth himself, gave his life on a cross, shed his blood for your sins, sacrificed everything for you so that you could be restored to right relationship. If there's a wage, a payment, something that's got to be paid, Jesus came and said, I'm going to pay it for you. And he did it. So God's free gift to you is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, this is a gift that stands all on its own. There is nothing that you can do before or after receiving it before there's nothing that you can do to try to get yourself right or do enough good deeds there's nothing you can do to be able to get it and after you've received it there's nothing that you can do no works that you can do to be able to keep it all you have to do is surrender your life to jesus and follow him and this is a free gift for you here it is in ephesians 2 8 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this isn't from you no this is a gift from god not by your works so that we can't say oh i did this why is that so important well because some of these gifts you do participate with, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I think that God also hands out, God the Father gives out purpose and talents. He hands out purpose for your life. He's got plans for you. God created you to do something, and he gave you the skills necessary and the talents and tools that you would need to fulfill that purpose. I think that I see it in my own life when it comes to student ministry. Most of you know I was a youth pastor for about 20 years, and so, so I, just, I just have the makeup that I have because God outlined that for my life. So I look a little young most of the time. I'm 43. I got a few gray hairs now, so I'm starting to look old, finally. But most of my life, I get no respect because people think I'm a child. And so, 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 real talk. So, so, so. so I think that's, that's part of my makeup. God made me that way because he had a job for me to do with a bunch of young people. He, made me, he gave me kind of an affinity for popular culture. Not that it's my life, but I'm a student of it, and somehow it just kind of sticks with me. He put that in me because popular culture matters to teenagers. It just was part of my makeup. Why? Because God had a plan for my life. Acts 13, 36, David, of course, having completed the work that God set out for him, God sets out work for you, and our goal is to help you find it and fulfill it. That's why we have Catalyst. We want you to jump in Catalyst so you can figure out what your purpose is, so you can go out and do it and make a difference in the earth. What else does God the Father give? He gives us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise of better. Acts 1 verse 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he, Jesus, gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait, and wait for the gift my Father Promised, which you've heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God the Father gives gifts, but Jesus also gives gifts. You can see it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and we call it the fivefold ministry. Listen, it says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people, that's you, for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Jesus gave these. We call it the five-fold ministry. That's kind of a theological construct that we've created, but it means people who are, who are gifted like this, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Listen, everybody, Jesus is the head of the church, and he's building it, and he's given us tools to be able to do it. Isn't that awesome? That's good news, everybody. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to freak out about the future of the church because Jesus is the one that builds it. We just say yes and continue to follow him. So God the Father gives gifts. Jesus gives gifts, but the Holy Spirit also gives gifts, and he gives spiritual gifts. And this is what we're gonna spend the rest of our time on today, because God has spiritual gifts that he wants to give to you. Me? Yes, you. To everybody here in this room. So charismatic, if we use that term, literally defined, it just means grace gift that God wants to give, or spiritual gift. In other words, God has divine enablements for you, divine enablement for your life, so you can partner with Him in the earth. But a lot of people do get confused about this. A lot of people, and we're not the only ones that get confused. Because First Corinthians twelve, they also had confusion. Paul writes, "Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this." So Paul's saying, I don't want you to get this wrong, because a lot of people do get it wrong. And there is an incorrect doctrine that floats around out there, and it's called cessationism. And cessationism, from the word cease, it's a belief, a, n- a wrong belief that says, well, all those gifts, all this stuff, it all died out when the apostles died out. And so when they were done, this stuff was done, it's not for today, it's not true. Think about it for a second. All it takes is for one word of prophecy to come out, <laughs> and that means there's gifts working. All it takes is for one miracle to happen. And hey, guess what? We're seeing miracles happen at Healing on the Streets on Saturday. All it takes is for one bit of discernment to happen through the Holy Spirit. And we can say, no, this is alive and well today, and the Holy Spirit is moving and working. And that's the reality. God is working. God is moving. And he wants to give you spiritual gifts. Some people get turned off by it. They get a little scared. Oh, I don't know about that. And the reality is most people, I think, they get scared about this. They get scared because they get hung up on one gift. Do you know what that gift is? <laughs> the first of us was like, tongues! <laughs> they were just more brave, I guess. They, they just yelled it. Oh, it's tongues for sure, that's me. The gift of tongues tends to trip people up. And I understand it. And actually, we will spend some time talking about it over the next couple weeks because we're going to dive into that one because people have a hard time and they kind of wrestle through that one. But here's what I want to say to you today because most people will say, oh, faith? Yeah, I want more faith. That sounds good. Oh, prophecy? Sounds a little crazy, but I think I would like to do that. Oh, miracles? Yeah, sign me up. I want to do some miracles. I love that. Oh, tongues? Oh, (laughs) hey. (laughs) That's weird. I don't think so. Here's what I want to say to you today. Just don't avoid anything that God wants to give you. Like, just don't decide on it right now. Just don't avoid anything that God wants to give you because he's got good gifts. At the same time, don't just get hung up on one gift. As you go through and you talk to different people and you study different ones, they'll say there are many gifts. Some say, as they read through the scriptures, there's over 100 gifts available. Some say, well, it ends up at around 25, 26, 27. Others say, well, the lists that we have, they're really not too exhaustive. Here's what we do know: 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's what he wants to do. Give it to us so that we can help each other. Now, this is important. The enemy wants to stop this in your life. The enemy knows this is true, and so he wants to stop you from getting. He wants to ensure that you don't get these gifts. He wants to stop the forward movement of the church. He wants to stop the forward movement of your life. He's going to do everything he can because he knows this gift belongs to you, and that's scary to them. So here's the thing. In the Old Testament, there was just a few people kind of around with these special abilities. You might say prophets or priests. They were kind of the only ones. And then the New Testament, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit shows up, gets poured out, and gets poured out on everybody. And so now everybody's welcome. Everybody's a part. And in fact, the Jews are having a hard time like, wait a minute. This is for everybody? Yes, this is for everybody. Everybody gets to be in on this. And then as soon as the er the days of the early church were done, the church started doing something a little different. They started hiring special people. And they called these people clergy. A word that we don't really find in the scriptures, by the way. They they started hiring clergy. And clergy were... The religious officials, hello, (laughs) religious officials. And what the church said is, you be the professional minister and the gifts will all work through you. And the church, we'll just kind of sit it out a little bit. And the church got a name too. The church was called laypeople or the laity. And you know what the laity means? Laity means ordinary people. Just the ordinary people. Then the 1500s, the Protestant Reformation comes along and things start to change. Again, they discover the biblical idea of the priesthood of believers. They started to rediscover, oh, wait a minute, this is for everybody, and there's not just one group. It's open. All of us who believe and follow Jesus are priests. Every one of us has direct personal relationship with him. They realize the reality that God wants to use everybody. There's no such thing as a religious official. But then over time, it swings back again, kind of to where it is today, where most believers think, oh, there's two kinds of people. There's a pastor, that's me, and there's lay people, supposedly that's you. And so what happens is people actually start to treat pastors differently. You treat me differently. You don't think you do. But when I show up for dinner at your house, you do. Because it comes time to pray, and everybody gets panicky. It's time to pray, and so everyone looks at me. <sighs> Pastor, we, Pastor, would you like? <laughs> thank you for being a guest in our home. Pastor, would you like to pray? <laughs> and I usually say, man, I'm off the clock. I'm not praying. It's, uh, <laughs> so <when> I'm... <laughs> cash me on Sunday, all right? I, <laughs> cash me on Sunday. <laughs> so, so... It happens. It happens a lot. Listen, it's great. I'm honored to pray. I love to pray. And by the way, just to clarify, I'm never off the clock, okay? I want want that to be clear. (laughs) Uh, But they do. They they, they think, oh, well, he's got something that I don't. He has a direct line. God listens to him more. So something bad happens in your family, and you say, oh, somebody call the pastor. No, don't do that. Not because I don't want to hear from you. I do want to hear from you. I do want to pray with you. I do want to be a part of your journey. But guess what? Look around this room, everybody. These are all priests. Everybody here is invited. Everybody here gets to be filled with the Spirit. Everybody here has gifts. And so you don't have to call me. You can call them and they can help you. You can just text your friend and say, hey, you got to pray. And they can pray. Same thing happens. The Holy Spirit is listening. The only exception here is possibly my wife, who he seems to listen to way more than me or anybody else, but... It's not true. Theologically, that is not correct. I just wanted to be clear. A lot of qualifiers today. Uh, why am I saying all this? I just need you to know that we're not going to be this kind of church. Amen. We're not going to be the kind of church where, oh, somebody get a hold of the pastor. No. I'm just a guy on Team 1 that's fulfilling my role for this time. That's all I am. You have a role that you can play on Team 1, too, and we actually need you to do it. Yeah. Listen, everybody, there's a bunch of great people out there today that are serving. Hey, where's Team 1 at? Team 1, where you at? Team One. Yeah. Look at that. Today we have 179 people serving on team one. Our team is 179 people. And if you add in groups and catalyst leaders, it's 227 people that are serving. There's some crossover there. But it's a bunch of people serving. And guess what? We still don't have enough. We still need more people. Why? Because we need you. We need you. I don't think we're going to arrive to the places where we need to go until all of us who follow Jesus and call one chapel home, we say, I got to use what God has given me and my gifts to serve this church and help it get to where it needs to go. That is the goal and the journey. So today, I just want to honor you, Team One. All of you, you're incredible. Thank you so much for your tireless service and blessing in everything that you do. We're so grateful for you using your gifts. Show up at three. Let's talk about that some more. And all you who are thinking about it, show up at three. Let's do this. Come on, let's, let's process through this then. Let's develop this definition of spiritual gift. If we're going to talk about it. What are we talking about? Well, I like to define it like this. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together... We can advance his purpose in the world. It's supernatural. When you do it, you feel that God's working through you. You know he's a part. It's more than natural. It's a supernatural. It's together. It happens together. It works best when we all do it together. One body. Different parts, all using them together. That's when we start to fulfill his purpose. God's got something that he wants all of us to do. There's a mission, there's an assignment for you and for our church. And we need his gifts to be able to do it. And we all can. Listen, everybody, this is a bedrock message of the New Testament. And it's going to be a bedrock message for One Chapel Kyle. Everybody gets to do this. So what are we really talking about? 1 Corinthians 12, 8. You might, as you start reading through it, you list out. So this is one of the major lists. Uh, you'll see words of wisdom. It's just a moment where you might have some wisdom. that's just things you never even thought about or knew. You just, you just have wisdom from God to help somebody face a difficult situation. You'll see words of knowledge. Words of knowledge where you just kind of know something. People will say, oh, that guy, he was praying with me, and he just... Read my mail. Have you ever heard that term? He read my mail like he knew things that were going on about my life that know, that I've never told anybody, and he knew. How did he know? Well, the Holy Spirit got involved and wanted to encourage you in a specific way and gave a word of knowledge. That's a pretty great thing. A gift of faith an extra faith that just comes from the spirit to believe for something to happen of course healing all of us are familiar with that we're seeing it on saturday healing on the streets people being healed as we pray for them miracles working miracles helping other people in desperate need a word of prophecy sharing the w- people get so nervous about this prophecy oh God. I, I couldn't i just couldn't i'm not that guy because you think oh well i got a i got a word of prophecy so now now i'm a prophet. now i gotta say oh hey bro bro, brother hey brother i got a word brother oh brother oh brother i got a word brother you think you have to do that you don't in fact don't (laughs) that's insider language that's you've been growing up in church your whole life and so if you need to say that that's fine but you say it here don't say it out there because your cubicle mate is not going to understand oh brother i got a word brother No, because you know why? Because people don't talk like that. And you don't talk like that until I got a word, and then you change. Don't change. The Holy Spirit wants to flow through you. He wants to prophesy through you. And so you say, hey, man, I, you know, I go to church. I love God. I was praying for you, and I just felt like God said something to me. I think I should say it to you. Is that okay with you? Oh, normal person. Kingdom of God. That's what we're after, everybody. So you think, oh, I can never prophesy. Yes, you can. It just means I'm saying what God is saying. Uh, discernment, kind of knowing what's God and what's not, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, just communicating the wonders of God to people. It's not that crazy. It's actually pretty great being able to do that. So that's one of the lists that you'll see. You might go to Romans 12, 6 through 8, and you'll see another list. It says prophecy. It says serving. It says teaching. It says exhortation. It says giving. It says leadership. It says mercy. Some of you are like that. You have a bent anyway towards one of these gifts. You kind of lean towards leadership, or you lean towards mercy and so you walk in the room and when you walk in you see the one person that's sitting by themselves and you're just drawn oh i gotta go sit with them because you've got a gift of mercy that's in you god's given it to you others of you have the gift of leadership some of you have the gift of like administration or helps and so you walk in and you see everything that's wrong in the room oh i don't know what they're thinking about that why is that like that why is it why is this here why i got a solution for you join team one you can fix it all 1 Corinthians 12, 28 is another list. Drops down from that previous list. Apostle, prophet, teacher, those things that we talked about earlier. And then he goes into miracles, healings, helps, administration, tongues. Look, I don't think these lists are exhaustive. But what I do know is, is that God has gifts that he wants to give you. And he wants to partner with you to see change and transformation. So what do we do? How do we do it? Let me just talk real practically for the next few moments before we go. Because some of you, you hear this talk and you're like, okay, yeah you know what? It's about time. I've been kind of sitting it out. I've been on the bench for a while. I'm ready to get back in the game. Put me in, coach. Put me in. I'm ready. I want the gifts. Come on. Give me the gifts. Give me the gifts. I want to prophesy. No, nope, easy, easy. Calm down. I want to do it. Give me the gifts. I like that fire. I like that energy. I like where your head's at. But those gifts don't work apart from the giver. I want you to seek the giver, not the gifts. I want you to seek the one who gives the gifts. I want you to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to dig in. I want you to read the scriptures. I want you to worship him when we get together and when you're at home. I want you to get to know his heart and as he fills up your heart and he fills up your life, then it just kind of flows naturally through you to other people. I want you to start with the giver, not the gifts. Think about this for a second. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. If When I was in college, I, I had a, I realized, okay, I'm a young man. There are things that I'm gonna need in my life. I'm a young man. I need dinner. So I got to find me a woman to make me dinner. I mean, I was in college. I was smart. I got to, I got, I got, I don't want to know what Christina just said. I (laughs) I got, I got, I got, I got got clothes that are dirty. I need some, I need, I need some wash. I need a woman to wash my clothes. (laughs) Am I gonna I'm gonna go home and wash my clothes, that's what you're saying, yeah. Uh, I, I I you know, I want some I want some comfort and I want a I want some kids one day, I'm I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to be a woman. Right. Obviously that's not what I said, everybody. <laughs> but what if I did say that? And what if somehow I tricked some woman into marrying somebody that said that and some woman gets married to me and that's what we're doing. I just need somebody to give me stuff. I just need somebody to take care of some stuff, do some stuff for me. And, well, I can tell you this. If you tricked some woman to marry you when you had that kind of mentality, it would not last long. And all those things, they wouldn't go very well. I can just guarantee I promise you. That's not what I did. I fell in love with a particular woman. And we got to know one another. And we dated. And I romanced her. Sorry, babe. And I got to know her heart, and she partnered with me, and she said yes to me, and now we do all those things together. Oh, yeah, I'm in the kitchen cooking and cleaning. Oh, yeah, I wash my own clothes because I'm too particular. She said, I'm not washing your clothes anymore. Uh, she, <laughs> true story. Uh, so, in love, though. She wasn't mean about it. And, do you see the picture that I'm trying to paint here? I, I fell in love with a woman. And we partnered together and we started doing those things together and our lives are effective and they're full of fruit and it's a wonderful thing. Seek the giver first, not just the gifts. We got to go just a little bit quicker here. After you've done that, you've sought him, you've spent time with him, you're getting to know him, you're developing an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. I think you just got to want him. That's it. You just, that's it. That's it. You just got to want him. When was the last time that you asked for him? When was the last time that you said, Holy Spirit, I want the gifts that you want to give me? I want it in my life. When was the last time that you prayed that prayer? I try to pray it most often in my morning prayer times. I'll just say... Holy Spirit, I welcome you and I give you my life again. And right now I'm asking for words of wisdom and words of knowledge, for the gift of discernment and prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, miraculous powers. I want that in my life today so that I can be a blessing to the world that you're sending me into. I just pray that prayer. It's easy, it's simple. And you'll see it happening. You see it in some of your lives. You see it happening in my life. You see it up here sometimes on Sunday mornings. like You see those gifts starting to come out. When was the last time you just said, just want them just give them to me i just i just want them. first corinthians 14 1 says follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit especially prophecy he says eagerly desire many of you you're too scared to do it you're like no but you don't understand i've done too much stuff in my life i'm spoiled i'm ruined god couldn't he never would i get that's okay for you you're the pastor nope that's wrong thinking I, I, he would never want to use me yes he does or I'm, I'm too, I'm shy, I'm scared, I'm insecure. There's no way I could. Yes, you absolutely could. Why? Because it's not you that's doing it. We're talking about his gifts flowing through you. Not you trying to gut it out and do it yourself. Others of you, <laughs> you're on the other side. You're like, um, if I ask, what happens if he actually starts doing it? And that makes you nervous and afraid. That's a great space to be in. Just ask and start finding out. I'll tell you what I think it looks like. It looks like you walking into work, your cubicle mate saying, oh man, man, these chairs they give us are horrible. My back hurts. Oh man, you know what? I believe in God. I believe he heals. Come on, let me pray for you. Bam, that guy gets healed. What is happening? Kingdom of God coming to earth right there in your workplace. Yeah. I think it looks something like that. Yeah. Somebody's devastated. there's A situation going on at home. You sit down. The Holy Spirit drops a word into your heart and you just say, hey sister, I got a word. Nope, you don't do it. You say, Hey, listen, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I was praying for you. Here's what I think. And you share that with them. They're they're drawn towards the Holy Spirit. They're drawn towards repentance because they see something real that's happening there. Boom, kingdom of God comes to earth right there in your workplace. I think it looks something like that. And I think that's the goal for all of us. <laughs> this is fun for me. So so first you you seek the giver, not the gift then I think you just gotta want them. And if you do those two things, then that leads us to this final thing. We do those things so that we can just give those gifts away. Yeah. I mean, it's just simple. You just start giving them away. You just start practicing. You just start working at it. We read it already, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Every Jesus follower, no matter the demographic, the social status, the gender, the background, has gifts that are available to the whole, from the Holy Spirit. Everybody is included on this, and he gives those gifts for the common good, not for individual good, not so you can say, look at me, not so that you can be, uh, feel like you're elevating yourself and have a moment of pride, and I've really arrived, no, none of those things. In fact, I said it last week, or two weeks ago, if you remember, we said, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make me better than you, it makes me better than me. That's what I really need. I need for him to come and fill me. And then he starts to work and he does it for the common good of the people in this room and out there. Why don't you guys come on back up? Let's close this out. The purpose of these gifts is the growth and the maturity of the people of God. These gifts that we're talking about today, they are God's power for building up the church. Listen, it's wonderful. It's awesome when people come in And we say, hey, we love you and we accept you and we want to help you along in your journey. It is yet another thing when we come alongside and say, I've got a word for you. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to heal you. And the Holy Spirit through his gifts interacts through you and that person and their lives are changed and transformed forever. That's a different thing. Loving people and caring for people is really good. But it's only the beginning of what we're called to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they demonstrate the power of God working through his people for the common good of others. And that's how it works. Gifts flow from God through people. From God through people. You're just really the conduit if you're willing. Now, I know some of you are thinking, but won't I get kind of crazy if I do that? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. like, Because we're human. We're, we're just human. We don't, we don't get it right every time. The gifts are good and perfect. We aren't. But I want you to know I'm okay if we'll just decide under authority, in community, trusting one another and that we've got each other's best interest at heart that we try, that we begin to practice giving gifts away. There's already a bunch of people that are doing it. People in Catalyst are doing it. There's a bunch of people been hanging out with Larry Foster on Monday nights. They're doing it. They've been talking about the Holy Spirit for several months, and it's happening. I just felt like the goal today and the Holy Spirit wanted to invite the rest of you in to the process. This does not signify a change in course for One Chapel Kyle. This is just what we've believed all along. I just want to invite the rest of you in to be convinced you can do it. The gifts are available to you. You can move and work in all those things that we talked about. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul says, as you get down a little bit further, he says in verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Essentially, not everybody has every gift. The Holy Spirit, though, he gives those as he chooses. He decides, I do believe that you have a bent. There's a way that you lean towards a certain kind of gifting. But the reality is, as he chooses and as he wants to, he gives them out and you could operate under any of them at any moment in time. It's not just, oh, I have this one and so that's all I do. No, as he chooses, as you ask and you're willing to be obedient, he may give you a certain one that you've never done before. And what a fun experience that would be. What if I screw it up? Okay, just say, oh, <laughs> man, I think I messed that up. Normal people do that. I'm not sure that was exactly right. That's okay. Let's get up and try again. Here it is, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You may function in any one of them at any given time as it's needed. Here's the point. Nobody around you, nobody here, nobody in this church, nobody at your workspace needs to suffer from their greatest weaknesses because they can all benefit, we can all benefit as the Holy Spirit fills you and you use your gifts around here and the body functions how it's supposed to. First Corinthians twelve thirty-one. he finishes that, that chapter, which by the way, go in, and read 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. Verse 31, he ends with, he just says, now... Eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire the greater gifts. Well, how do do I know? Which one is that? Well, there's some argument about that, but I I do think what what he means there is eagerly desire the greater one is the one that's just needed right now. It's the one that you just need. It's the one that, that that person needs. It's the one that that situation needs. I desire that one. I'm not gonna camp out on, well, this is who I am, and this is all I do. No, Holy Spirit My life is surrender to you. What do you want to do? I eagerly desire the greater gift. What do you want to do here in this circumstance? That's the goal. That's where we're headed. That's what I want you to do. Again, look, there's no pressure. I'm not trying to push you too hard. I just want to invite you into something that some of you thought you could never do. And I just want to convince you, you can. Why don't you close your eyes? Bow your heads if you would. We're going to receive communion here in just a moment. But right before we do, we've talked about all these different gifts. But the first one that we said was that God the Father gave you the gift of eternal life. He sacrificed himself for you. Jesus came, died on a cross, paid the bill for all of your sin. Every mistake, everything you've ever done. And all that's required is for you to say, I believe that and I want that and I want to give my life to you. And you can start a new relationship with God and it's an amazing thing. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. I just want you in your heart and maybe just a whisper on your lips. You just say, okay, God, that's me. Just say it. Just tell him right now. Just whisper it. That's me. I want that. That's me. That's me. Thank you, God. And then you might pray a prayer just like this, and I just want to help you with some words. You might say, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you paid for my sin. I want to receive that gift today, so forgive me for everything. And the best way I know how, I'm giving my life to you today. Help me to serve and follow you. Thank you for rescuing me in Jesus' name. You prayed that faith-filled prayer. You've begun the journey. And we would love to help you with all your next steps. Don't do it alone. Now, real quick for the rest of us. Maybe you've kind of been dormant in this. Maybe you've been too scared about this. Maybe this is something that you've never even thought about before. I think the Holy Spirit's inviting you into something great. And so if you want to take a ne- the next step into it, again, I'm not going to make you do anything weird. Maybe just put your hands out as a sign of surrender and just ask him. He said, Eagerly desire them. You just got to want them. So just ask him. Holy Spirit, if you have gifts, I want them. If you have things to give, I want all of it. And so I'm opening up my heart and my life to you again. And I'm asking you all across this room just pray this prayer with me God, Holy Spirit, give me your gifts and teach me what it means to know you, to develop intimate friendship with you, and to walk in your gifts. I receive that today in the name of Jesus. The final thing we're gonna do today is we're gonna receive communion together. We're gonna sing this song. These guys are gonna pass the elements. You're gonna get the bread, which symbolizes his body that's broken for you. You're gonna receive the cup, which symbolizes his blood shed for you. And what you're receiving is the provision, some of the provision that Jesus has given you as you receive that provision, that work of Christ in your life, would you also just receive the work of his spirit and all these things that we're asking for today? Just put your heart in a position of receiving and just take it all in as you receive this today.